Hey, everybody. Welcome to You Were Born for this podcast with Father John Ricardo, Mary Guilfoyle. We're a couple of missionaries at Acts 29. This is the podcast where we talk about anything and everything having to do with transformation in the church. Mary, happy Monday. Happy Monday to you too, Father John. We're actually in the air. Yes, we right are. Now. Yeah, we're on our way to, some of us are on our way to Israel. So um, you and Steve and Albert and Becky and Joe and Charlotte and Rick and Sue and some, uh, dear some other friends, friends of ours as well. Yeah. Kind of doing a pilgrimage to the Holy Land. And so I looked at the weather forecast the other day and it was mostly cloudy with a 15% chance of missile strikes. So hopefully we're going to get to Israel <laughs> oh safely and back. <laughs> oh boy. Although I don't want to make light of that. Our brothers and sisters over there are really suffering. So that's wasn't yeah. a, a poor humor probably on my, my no, part. No, but, but you uh, know what? It, you know, Father John, your mention of that is just a reminder. Albert pointed out uh, last week when we were... Uh, talking that that's why when people um, w- w- when you come to the Middle East the greeting is always peace or shalom yeah. Yeah. because the desire of their hearts for how long oh Lord right. have been peace and, and so maybe so just as you mentioned that that we just um, pray for the grace of peace in this land that has not has has known probably more or less war and for most of their for thousands existence. of years, yep. right? Yep. Pray for the peace of Jerusalem. So that's Amen. where we are, even as you're listening to this, and we're looking forward to sharing some recordings from our time away at some of the uh, significant sites, obviously, that uh, our Heavenly Father broke into in a most dramatic way in the person of His Son, Jesus. But that's for later. What's our topic today. So not a pun on the target, (laughs) on the the strikes, but today's um, topic, Father John, is what's the target? And hopefully it's not us. (laughs) So let's pray right now, shall we? In the name of the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit. Father, we just thank you for these incredible days of Lent that we're in this time uh, to focus our attention on our relationship with you what it is that you're asking us to address and redress, and most especially to focus our attention on your son and what he's done for us and how it is that we should respond and continue the mission that he's entrusted to us as his disciples. We just ask for your anointing upon our conversation right now, upon all our brothers and sisters who are listening, upon all those who are most in need of your help, most especially today those in the Middle East, that land which is so especially important to you, uh, for it's where Jesus walked. And so we pray for healing, for peace, for reconciliation amongst all those who most need it today. We ask all this in Jesus' name. Amen. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Hey, before we dive in, can I just, um, I just want to thank everybody who took the time to pray through all those intentions that we invited because we're going to take, obviously, all of your intentions with us. And we heard from hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of you. And we've all been deeply impacted um, by your hearts and that which you're asking the Lord for. And as we're going to break open a little bit, you know, may, maybe to some degree, I mean, this uh, an, a pilgrimage is a work. Mm. Uh, you know, it's not a vacation, as we talked about last week. And um, as we take your hearts with us and your needs, um, it's just reaffirming in our hearts and minds that this is a work on your behalf and just a privilege that it is to hear from you and that you would entrust your prayer intentions with us. So yeah, thank you, thank you for everybody. That. And we're already praying for all of you by name. Yeah, that's the, you know, so pilgrimage, which is what we're on, uh, has kind of two main points. One is for us, 
um, as we're actually going to those places, kind of be reinvigorated in our faith as we go to places where God's broken in in time. Uh, we, we chatted about that last week on our live stream. Um, and then it's also for those who can't come with us, but who've asked us to go on their behalf. And that's those of you who've sent in your intentions. We're really grateful for those. So yeah, amen. Thanks very much. I'm into that. So let's talk about, if you could just take us in on how it is we landed on this topic. What do you mean when you when you pose the question to us, Father John, what's the target? Yeah, thanks. So, you know, I was struck last week at the beginning of Lent, that little mini uh, week, that half week that starts with Ash Wednesday. I felt like the Lord just said uh, on Ash Wednesday, in fact, what are you aiming at? Like, in other words, how, how are you going to know whether this was a good Lent? Mm. What's your goal? What, what, what's, you know, we talk often about um, measurables. What, what are going to be the measurables by which we can look back at Easter and go, yep, that was good. That was like, a fruitful was, Lent. Yeah, it yeah. was fruitful. And, and hopefully it's not, you know, I lost some weight, you know, or I learned some self-control. And we talk often with, amongst ourselves and with others about the importance of intentionality, you know, right. I'm doing something in order to what? So we're doing whatever we're doing in Lent in order to what? And, and I thought I went into Lent with a, with a pretty clear focus. Uh, you know, we, we talked about those questions that we brought to the Lord in right. prayer. We're, we're, what's the biggest wound? What's the enemy's strategy? What, what then should my strategy be in response to the wound and the strategy? So I came into Lent with a, a pretty, I, I thought, a pretty clear focus. And then uh, Ash Wednesday morning, I stumbled across a quote from N.T. Wright in a book called The Day the Revolution Began. So we, we love his work. And there's a quote, and this thing just blew me out of the water. And suddenly I'm like, that's my, that, that helps me understand what my target is. So we say oftentimes, let me back up for a second. We say oftentimes when we're talking, when we're preaching the gospel and then we're preaching about the mission of the disciple, we say the mission of the disciple is not holiness. Like holiness is really important. Don't get me wrong. But the mission is to do something like Jesus sends us, you know, as, and then we talk about these words, right. agents of mm-hmm. sabotage or resistance or recreation or healing or transformation or reconciliation. So suddenly I come across this quote. And here's what he says. He says, holiness and mission are two sides of the same coin. And then here's the money line. Both involve bringing the reign of Jesus to bear in places where up to now the powers have held sway. So the powers are sin, death, hell, Satan, right? And suddenly I'm like, oh, that just really helps. Like we talk about being, you know, we talk about people like Rosa Parks or Sophie Scholl being agents of sabotage or agents of resistance, actively working against the enemy, whether it was you know, to, uh, to, to oppose, you know, racism, which is what Rosa did, that the demonic idea that because of the pigmentation of your skin, some people are greater or lesser than others. In Sophie's case, you know, Nazism and all that it stood for. But suddenly now it's like, oh, so I, I read right and I understand, okay, so this part of my aim and Lent with regards to the disciplines that I'm doing, I want to be an agent of sabotage in me, right? you know, so, so just like sometimes we would say it this way, the Lord sends us out into the world, whether it's in engineering or medicine or healthcare or uh, athletics or entertainment to bend everything that the enemy has twisted 
back into conformity with how God the Father created it to be originally. Well, now suddenly, that's a way for me to think about what I'm doing. I want to bend back. I want to, I want to actively oppose the enemy who's been working in my life, and I want to try to bend things back into conformity with how the Father created it to be, created me to be. And then Wright goes on to say, and the powers won't give in without a fight. So just like we're, we're consciously aware of the fact that, hey, you're going to oppose racism? Oh, <laughs> get ready for a fight. You're going to oppose Nazism? Get ready for a fight. You're going to go after the enemy in your own life? Get ready for a fight. Does that make sense? It makes total sense. And I think that's very much in keeping with what we talked about even last week, looking at those areas in our lives where the, where the enemy has creeped in that Jesus wants to lord over again. Mm. Those areas of our life where we have little by little handed over um, his reign to, to someone else. Mm. Does right. that make sense yeah. to you? And so it, it's really looking again at those areas of our life and saying, Lord, I want you to reign again right. in this area of my life. And I think what you're underscoring is, you know, as Wright says, it's going to be a battle. Right. It's going to be a trial. But I heard a quote the other day that when Lent, get, Lent, Lent gets good, when Lent gets hard. Yeah, amen. And it is a fight. That's right. Right? That's right. And yeah. so the target for me, the aim, what am I shooting at? My, I'm shooting at, I want to, I want to, by the power of the Holy Spirit, take back territory in my life that the enemy has captured and twisted and distorted and perverted. Right, right goes on to say in, in that same book, it might even be earlier. This is a, here's a awesome visual. He says, every time you're tempted to sin, you're being asked to hand over to some alien force, a little bit of your own God given power which is supposed to be exercised over yourself, your life, and the parts of the world you touch. You're being drawn into the sphere in which some power is at work under the control of Satan. And, and I read that, and I think this way about temptations of whatever kind, mm-hmm. as, as if whenever we give in to whatever the sins are, it's like we put up a white flag and we walk into Auschwitz. Mm. Well, that's like, I know exactly what's here. You know, here, here's somebody who wants to harass me, intimidate me, um, mock me, uh, keep me ensnared, whatever. And, and we're so broken and so stupid that we're like, Hey, here I am (laughs) waving my flag. I'm coming in. Is it okay? But those kinds of things, I think for many of us anyway, they're very helpful to, to picture because otherwise sin becomes something of um, where I'm just like settling for less as opposed to, no, 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 no. You're surrendering to someone who intends you harm. So I wish we could unpack that quote. Like, and maybe that's another conversation because there's so much there, but something that stood out to me, Father John, as you were reading is we're handing over this this prized possession that we have, right, Father John, which is his power, because mm. we share in his authority, right, and 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 that is that is um, that is precious, sacred power. That's what we fight with, and so you know, I get the white flag and and the image and all of that, but I'm all I'm handing over this that which I fight with, my weapons, right, over to the enemy. 
And so that just that that just causes my whole mindset to recalibrate when I'm when I'm inclined to give in. Yeah, I think of C.S. Lewis talks about, you know, the call to conversion is a call for us to surrender our arms, you know, to lay down our weapons mm-hmm. and to say, put our hands up in front of God and go, okay, I surrender, come on in. That's a good surrendering. This Not is a this. bad surrendering. This is like now the Lord's put put weapons in my hands, the power Absolutely. of his Holy Spirit, and we're surrendering, That we're putting those in the ground and we're surrendering to someone who we know wants to absolutely destroy me. It doesn't make any sense, and yet and we that, do it all the time. Yeah, and you and you just said the magic words. That's what sin is. Sin uh, is a, I think one guy described it once, as a freely chosen compulsion. It makes no sense. We That's make what our, sin is. We make sin, ourselves slaves again. Yeah. When you talk, when you, even just using the word compulsion. Yeah. Sin right? is unreasonable. And the penalty of sin, the punishment of sin, right. the, 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 the fruit of sin, it makes you stupid. <laughs> I mean, that's what happens. Welcome to the stupid, stupid club. Exactly. I'm in that club, sadly enough. I think I'm the president, so, <laughs> so I'm aspiring to get out of it. That's my target. I don't want to be the president of the stupid club, Theresa Lent. anymore. Stupid, stupid, stupid. So going back to that, that other side of the coin, though, Father John, you talked about holiness and mission. Hmm. So as important as this is, and it is incredibly important, as we've just you know, hopefully made the point, I think there's still a temptation that we can sometimes get too stuck in, and if I use, and I'm going to use a word and correct me if it's not the right word, introspection. Mm, yeah. And I think, and I think that to some degree, looking inside of ourselves and praying into that uh, is helpful. Um, sometimes I, I've heard the term in my life, navel gazing. That's exactly what was coming <laughs> to my mind too. So, so we don't want to get stuck there in some manner of introspection because All of these things that we take on, the church says these are the three practices for Lent, prayer, fasting, and almsgiving. And to be honest, those should always be, you know, spiritual principles in our life no matter what. But I was struck by um, the first reading last Friday, I believe, from Isaiah 58. And um, because I think what I think what the prophet is saying here, what the Lord is saying through the prophet Isaiah, is a remedy for that. Can I just read? Oh, please. I love this reading. Just one section. So it's Isaiah 58. Um, It was verses 1 through 9. And um, I'll start with this passage. This, rather, is the fasting that I wish. Releasing those bound unjustly, untying the thongs of the yoke, setting free the oppressed, breaking every yoke, Sharing your bread with the hungry, sheltering the oppressed and the homeless, clothing the naked when you see them, and not turning your back on your own. So it's so it's so clear, like this should be the manner of our focus, like turning outside of ourselves from looking at ourselves to outward, looking at the needs of our brothers and our sisters right? Around us, those men and women that God has put in our path all day, every day, from the smallest way I can serve them, whether it's your husband, your wife, your children, to those that you work with, to those in the parish, to those outside the parish, where can I be of service in this way that Isaiah breaks open for us? Yeah, and and I love that. And and let me just make a quick observation, because what, what people sometimes will do is they'll hear that passage, and then they'll wrongly think, 
oh, so, so I shouldn't fast then. The Lord's saying, don't fast. I want this instead. And it's like, no, he wants both. Both. It I is mean, a Jesus both tells us in the, the gospel that day, lest we be confused, when the bridegroom's no longer with us, and he's not with us right now in the way that he was as he was walking with the disciples, um, then they will fast. Jesus says in the Sermon on the Mount, when you fast, fast this way, right? So yes, fast, but um, don't lose sight of this other really important thing, namely love, Right, love covers a multitude. Right, right. So of both sins. Ends. So, and, and do you think, Father John, that as we pray, excuse me, as we pray, and as we fast, God gives us fresh eyes to see our brothers and sisters in their need, right? So, so would you say that that's the fruit of the prayer? That's the fruit of the fasting, that we start to take on a set of fresh eyes and we start to see things perhaps needs around us that maybe we hadn't seen before. I might actually make it more pointed and say, if our fasting and our prayer doesn't give us that, it's not bearing fruit. Amen. If if my eyes aren't getting sharper, if I'm not being more sensitive to those around me, then then I'm failing in the great commandment, which is to love the Lord and my neighbor. Right. right? You know, um, and I just want to add one more thing, if I can, just real quick. I think it was just a couple of years ago that I heard a passage from Tobit that I'd probably heard for years and years and years, but it just didn't land on my heart. And it's from Tobit 12 and it's verse nine. And it says, for almsgiving delivers from death Hmm. and it will purge away every sin those who perform deeds of charity and of righteousness will have fullness of life. And while I love that last line, there's just something about alms, giving alms will deliver me from death. Who does not want to be delivered from death? And it will purge away every sin. Most of us should this, stop right now and immediately go give money somewhere. Seriously. <laughs> or go to your Bibles and go to Tobit and underline um, uh, 12.9. Yeah. Um, I have never forgotten that. And again, it was only a couple of years that, that that really landed in a way that the Lord wanted it to land. And, and maybe to even back that up uh, more strongly sure. with Jesus's words, like there's a, there's a passage, I think it's in Luke 11, mm. where the Lord's uh, just going into a scathing rebuke of the Pharisees. You know, you hypocrites, you, you, you wash the outside, you don't clean the inside. And then he goes on to say, so it's this long, you know, very vehement rebuke. Mm. And then he ends with, but give alms and everything will be well for you. Mm. It's like, what? Like, really? Like, that's that's it. That's that important. Almsgiving is that important, and the answer is yes. yes. Almsgiving is that important. Al- probably worth saying something like, mm-hmm. "What's alms? Alms, alms are those things that we give over and above tithing." People are like, "Tithing? What's tithing?" So hopefully, we all <laughs> we all know. Like everything I have is God's and I should be tithing. What's, you know, the easiest way to think about that is, you know, 10% of what it is that I make. So give him your first fruits, right? Yeah, give him your first fruits. And, you know, most of us are, most of us, we're all really preoccupied with money, having enough, providing. And one of the clearest signs we can give to God that we trust him is to give him the first fruits of our income. And so that's 10%. Alms is over and above that. So in Lent, 
we're exhorted in a particular way, it's not like you shouldn't do this the rest of the year, but in a particular way to ask the Lord, where are you asking me to give over and above where I normally give? That's almsgiving. And, and, and so to that point, Father John, if I can just return real quick to Isaiah. So there are a number of needs in our own community that speak to those in our community that are oppressed, that are homeless, mm. that are hungry, that have great need. Like, so it's, it's real clear, uh, you know, whether it's a crisis pregnancy center or a homeless shelter or those are the ones locally that we can see. And there's some other ones. There's one in a particular way that I know you want to talk about that's near and dear to your heart. Um, so we don't have to look very far to find out where we can give alms in our local community. That's right. right? Absolutely not. So let's, let's I, I know you, I love the way you always try to bring us home with regards to, okay, let's make this really practical. So how about three action items? What, 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 what are we supposed to do with this this week? So first might simply be, well, if you don't have a target yet for, for Lent, what are you aiming at? And, and I would just suggest you really pray with that, that we all pray with that. And, and for me anyway, the way I continually remind myself of it, I have a reminder in my phone that says it, and then I write it the first entry in my journal every day when I'm praying. It's like, okay, call to mind when I wake up and I begin to pray, this is what this I'm striving is the goal. for today. Yep. This is, this is what I'm aiming at. And then it's just ever present in front of me. Gosh, I love so that's that. one, one action that. item. How about a second? Another one is, um, one of our favorite books is by Jacques Philippe called the way of trust and love. It's a, it's a guided retreat on uh, St. Therese. And, um, he poses this question. I think it's absolutely beautiful. He said, so let's put this question to God. This is the second action item. What is the yes you are asking me for today. I love that. This little act, the little act of courage and trust you're calling me to make today. What is the little conversion that you're asking of me today? Mm. And yeses come in big yeses and small yeses, but oftentimes it's the small yeses mm. that he wants us to start with. And I was, I'm just deeply touched by mm by that. No, Again, I love that. something super, super simple. Yeah. And then maybe last is, uh, maybe go back to that passage that Mary shared uh, the excerpt from in Isaiah 58 that was last Friday's first reading. Um, and ask the Lord, Lord, where are you asking me to give? How are you asking me to, uh, to help release those who are imprisoned or to minister to those who are in need? And you mentioned that there's uh, one organization that I'm particularly fond of. Mm -hmm. So some people might be aware of uh, the International Justice Mission. Um, they do unbelievable work around the world to help rescue those who are being trafficked. And I came across uh, an email from them the other day, which just hit me on top of the head. So they, there, there's lots of ways to talk about the the horror of human slavery right now. I don't think people, we hear things like human trafficking and I don't think we really understand how big this is. And they do a lot of work around uh, the Super Bowl to help people realize that's actually one of the times when mm -hmm. human trafficking is accelerated. So they had, <laughs> they had an image to help people understand how many victims of human slavery there are right now. So they said, <laughs> If you filled 
it's uh, I think State Farm Stadium where Arizona, uh, the Arizona Cardinals play. It, it seats sixty three thousand four hundred. If you filled that every day, for two years straight, you would have the number of victims of human trafficking today. That's forty six right. million plus people right now. So IJM.org is their website, and this isn't a push for them, but man, it's a, it's something that's near and dear to my heart. So I guess in that sense, it is a push for them. If you're not familiar with the situation of human trafficking today, and you, I encourage you to find out about it. And if you are familiar with it and you realize there's an organization that's doing something to rescue people, then you might want to check this out. But whatever it is that you feel drawn to, please give mindful that passage almsgiving delivers from death and it will purge every sin. Like I said, we should probably like hit pause, get on our knees. Lord, where he asked me to give, amen, give amen. and absolutely let him do the rest. Great huh? conversation, Father John. All right. We will yeah. talk to you soon from the Holy Land where the eternal son of God, the one through whom the universe that's 90 plus billion light years across once walked, laid down his life and triumphed over the power of death just for us because for some reason we matter to God because all of that is true. Do not be afraid. God is with you and you were born for this. 